It is a truism of history that fighting on two fronts is a situation best avoided. It is a pickle that presently potentially confronts Israel. We begin with breaking news in the Israel-Hamas war and reports that one of Hamas's top commanders has been killed. It is clear enough that Israel intends to destroy Hamas, the Gaza-based Islamist organization which perpetrated the hideous pogrom of October 7th, in which at least 1,400 people were killed. But as Israel seeks to remove this menace wedged next to its southern border with Egypt, Israel and its allies are clearly and correctly concerned with the threat just beyond Israel's northern border with Lebanon, Hezbollah. If Hezbollah decides to enter the war, they will be making the biggest mistake of their lives, and we will hit them with an unimaginable force. This past weekend, following several engagements between Hezbollah and Israel Defense Force positions, Israel ordered the evacuation of Kiryat Shmona, a town of some 23,000 people in Israel's north, a very short rocket flight from Lebanon. Among those who chose to stay, at least two have been reported injured by shrapnel from Hezbollah missiles. The question of the degree to which Hezbollah really wants to join Hamas's fight is an open one. Certainly, Israel's most powerful ally is determined to help Hezbollah answer it. Shortly after October 7th, the United States ordered the USS Gerald R. Ford aircraft carrier strike group to the eastern Mediterranean. This additional deployment sends a, another message to those who would seek to widen this conflict and take advantage of this very unfortunate situation that we see. Our advice is don't. It is depressingly plausible that Hezbollah interpreted this as a compliment to their clout. The question of who Hezbollah are and how they have come to exert such a grip on Lebanon and an influence on the region is somewhat easier to address. Hezbollah coalesced in the 1980s during Lebanon's interminable civil war, originally as a Shia militia heavily backed by the newish revolutionary regime of Ayatollah Khomeini in Iran. Their animating purpose was the reversal of Israel's invasion of Lebanon in 1982, a victory Hezbollah claimed when Israel eventually withdrew from Lebanon in 2000. The name is a contraction of the Arabic Hezbollah Allah, or Party of God. Hezbollah's emblem depicts a clenched fist emerging from one letter of the organization's name to grasp a Kalashnikov rifle. Along the length of the weapon runs the Quranic quote, Then surely the party of God are they that shall be triumphant. Beneath the logo is the sub-billing, the Islamic resistance in Lebanon. Rendered in green on gold and considered purely on its own merits, it is an arresting piece of graphic design and features on souvenirs widely available in Lebanon and Syria. Flags, baseball caps, key rings, and friendship bracelets. Hezbollah's principal founder, the Shia cleric Abbas al-Musawi, was killed in 1992 when his motorcade was hit by missiles launched from Israeli helicopters. But for all the risks associated with being a visible member of any group which sets itself against Israel, or indeed just participates in Lebanese politics, Hezbollah's leadership since has been remarkably stable. 
Secretary General Hassan Nasrallah has been in office for 31 years, as has his deputy Sheikh Naim Qasem. They have overseen the establishment of a relatively competent parallel state in chronically dysfunctional Lebanon. In the largely Shia districts of South Beirut and southern Lebanon, Hezbollah operates schools, hospitals, clinics for its disabled veterans and many other social services and a formidable media apparatus. Lebanon's most recent general election in 2022 returned 13 Hezbollah members to parliament. But Hezbollah's legitimacy among its adherents is derived principally from Hezbollah's military prowess. Hezbollah are fond of claiming to be the only Arab force ever to have defeated Israel on the battlefield, not only enforcing the 2000 withdrawal from Lebanon, but in fighting Israel to an inconclusive standstill in a 34-day war in 2006. When I visited Lebanon the following year, the road from Beirut's airport was lined with triumphant Hezbollah billboards. Hezbollah's present military strength is unclear. Nasrallah's claims of 100,000 fighters under arms is nigh certainly an exaggeration, but they are well equipped with drones, rockets and air defence systems, and hardened by years of fighting on Iran's behalf in the civil war next door in Syria. Radwan is believed to number around 2,500 fighters, accounting for about 5% of Hezbollah's total assessed manpower. Its operatives appear to be far more capable than your average Hezbollah fighter, with training provided by the Sabarine commandos. This broadcaster spent a bit of time with Hezbollah in Lebanon in 2001 and 2002, meeting foot soldiers, party workers and officials, including Deputy Secretary-General Qasem, to whom I was driven in bewildering circles in the back of a blacked-out Mercedes. I found them to be neither fanatical nor foolish. They took me on a tour of former Israeli bases in southern Lebanon, now repurposed as a sort of Hezbollah heritage trail, complete with plaques explaining the significance of each position. We also stopped by the notorious prison at Hiyam, where Hezbollah guerrillas once held and tortured in its miserable cells by Israel's Lebanese proxies, now showed visitors around and sent them away with gift bags stuffed with Party of God merchandise. As Sheikh Qasem cheerfully confirmed, even at the time, Hezbollah have long had an amount of contact with Hamas, both groups willing to overlook the traditional Shia-Sunni sectarian rancor in the service of their mutual grudge against Israel. But it would be an error to assume that Hamas and Hezbollah are basically the same thing. Hamas, especially in recent years, have self-evidently evolved into a theocratic death cult which regards the mass murder of Jews as an end in itself. Hezbollah are many bad things, but they're not crazy. They may, therefore, be even more dangerous. For Monocle Radio, I'm Andrew Muller.